Lord, you found me, you healed me, you called me from the grave. You gave me a real love, I thank you, Jesus. You washed my sins away. Oh, now I'm living like I'm forgiven. You came and set me free. That's what your mercy did for me. mercy and your grace lord we just pray that you would help us today to worship you in spirit and in truth we pray for brother daryl's he delivers your word in jesus name we pray amen Jesus Christ, my Lord. 
All right, we're celebrating the Lord's Supper this morning, so taking a break from going through the book of Matthew, let's uh, turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 22 and talk about that we're going to, I'm going to take from Luke the uh, story of the Lord's Supper recorded by Luke. Luke chapter 22, 14 through 20. Title page is Do This, and I want to concentrate on that word this, uh, do this, this as in this as opposed to other things, okay? That's do this. And when you read the story recorded by Luke uh, and what Jesus said and how Jesus said it, I'm not going to go over every time he said the word this, but I want you to notice how often it is written, that word you know, this, Okay? And we are going to, but the message will come uh, from, primarily from verse 19. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me as opposed to some other things. Do this. So anyway, let's look at the text. There is a very limited outline on the backside of your announcements. You like to use that. Luke 22, 14 through 20. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, and Matt, I tell you what, uh, this is not primarily where the message comes from. But we're going to leave this verse on the screen. I'm going to talk about something Jesus says right here. So he said to his apostles, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. With fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you. This is the Lord's Supper. This is the last time that they will meet like this. This is the last Passover. And it is. This is the last Passover. So that's why Jesus said there's quite a few things he's saying here. Quite a few things are, are happening here with his statement. With fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover. What's special about this one? The truth is, we're not sure that he has ever eaten a Passover with them before at all. If you read your Old Testament, Passover, of course, it was instituted as the Israelites came out of Egypt. And it's very detailed on how it was to be done. And it's always done in the home. They're not in any of their homes They've, they've gotten this upper room and the 12 apostles are there with Christ. We know that some of them were, were, were husbands, probably fathers, and they had, were used to doing Passover, eating Passover, celebrating it in their home. And the father of the home would always lead it. On this Passover, this last one, they're in the upper room, and Jesus, Jesus leads it. And what we're doing is going from celebrating Passover to the Lord's Supper. It's never going to be like this again. Passover's never there. In fact, I guess, I guess technically for all of them, they'll never have a Passover meal again. It will always be, always be the Lord's Supper from now on. So with fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover with you. This one is uh, 
special. Jesus led, not the fathers in the room, the husbands in the room. Jesus led. They didn't do it in a home. They did it in a building where they all gathered. Passover would never be the same. For the Christian church, it's the Lord's Supper now. And Jesus is saying, now this is how we do it. Okay? And for all those years, all these years since that one, this is how we do it. Okay? Gather together in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. So with fervent desire, he says in that scripture, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. This one is special. This one stops the old Passover and the Lord's Supper now begins. Verse 16, for I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this. This is where the part of, main part of the message will come from. Do this. As opposed to other things, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And we'll stop there. Remember, this is done in remembrance. So the church has always been doing this. Here, here, in, here in a little bit after, after the word and after we have a time to pray, get ourselves right, uh, we're going to take the bread and the juice. And ever since Jesus instituted this, the church has been doing this. A lot of things that the Bible doesn't tell us on how to have church, but it does say, do this, okay? Do this. And so that's why we do this, in remembrance of him. Look on the next screen. It's also on your, on your outline. Christmas uh, celebrates is remembrance of the birth of Jesus. Easter is the resurrection of Jesus. The Lord's Supper is the death of Jesus, the sacrifice that he made. All three of those are tied together, but he instituted this. So on this day, we do this four times a year, and we'll do it more when we choose to. That's just up, just up to us. The Bible doesn't tell us how often to do this, so we do it four times a year, and, and I try to make it special, meaning uh, it's different, it's unique, it's special. And I try not to ever just tack it on to the end of the service, kind of like, oh, yeah, wait a minute, we need to do this too. I try to make it the central part because G of, of, of all the things that we think we should do as a church, Jesus said, this is one thing, you do this. You do this. In remembrance of him. Why? Why would we need to do that? Because we forget. That's why. We do this in, to remind ourselves because we forget. We get busy with life. We get busy doing all kinds of other things. And we don't forget 
Jesus and his death completely, exclusively. I know that. But we don't remember as well as we should. And so when we do this, it brings back to our remembrance what Jesus did for us in through his death, the sacrifice. One scripture, First uh, Peter chapter 1, two, two scriptures, technically, First Peter chapter 1, 18 through 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed, that's bought back with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. But how were we bought back? How were we redeemed? But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. We were redeemed, we were bought back, our sins were paid for by the precious blood of Christ. I've been sent here this morning to tell you two things about that. Now, this is what we preach. This is what we, we'll just leave this scripture up there. This is what we preach. This is what we teach. It comes, also, you can find it in Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved. For by grace are you saved. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We preach that. We teach that over and over again. We were bought back. We were paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. Not our blood. His blood. It's not our work. It's his work. Now I'm going to tell you stuff that you already know. Why am I telling you things you already know? I'm reminding you. Because we need that every, every once in a while. And that's what all of this is about. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I want you to remind yourselves because you're going to need that. You need to be reminded every once in a while. And I've been sent here this morning to remind you. Your salvation is based on what Jesus did, not what you do. And I believe there's someone in the room struggling with that because of what you're doing. Okay? Right? We, we, we struggle with that because of what we're doing. The bad things we do. The sinful things we do. And for some reason... Uh, we believe that somehow that disqualifies us from salvation because of the bad things I've done, the sinful things that I've done, the ways I've messed up, the ways I've failed him. I didn't do what I should do, and I'm, and I'm doing what I shouldn't do. But you know, right, that salvation is not according to what you do, but, but what Jesus did your salvation is not according to how good you are. It's how perfect that he was. And he paid that price for you, okay? You can't pay it. He paid a debt that you can't pay. And I realize, I understand, I'm human just like you. I, I get that I, I get the shame and the guilt of my behavior my failures, my sin, I get that. I've, I've been weighed down under the weight of my guilt. And I need somebody to remind me every once in a while. You know what, son? You've never been saved by your works, ever. Why do you think 
that it's going to start now. It's not, it's not ever going to start that way. It's always going to be only what Jesus did, only the price that he paid. I'm not trying to excuse your sin. I'm not trying to say, oh, well, what you're doing isn't so bad. I'm not saying that at, at all. But what you're doing has been bought by the blood of Jesus if you'll receive that. That's what I'm asking you to do. Just receive what Jesus has done for you. I'm not excusing sin. Some, sometimes when we, when we preach grace, I get that. that Somebody might construe that, oh, well, then sin's not a big deal. No, it's a very big deal. It costs Jesus his precious blood. It's a very big deal. That's why we take it so seriously. I can't do it. And he did. I need to be reminded this morning that I am saved by grace or I'm not saved at, at all. And I'm reminding myself of that and it's not what I have done but what Jesus has done. I have a hard time. Here, here it is, the first one. I have a hard time forgiving myself. Now, the Holy Spirit's at work right there. I have a hard time forgiving myself. I've got to get over that. And remember that Jesus has forgiven me. Jesus has forgiven me. And so I can forgive myself. This morning is a reminder of that. You can forgive yourself because Jesus has forgiven you through the power of his blood. That's the first one. The second one is a reminder that if I've been saved by grace, then whoever is saved is saved by grace. Everybody. Someone in the room is not only struggling with forgiving yourself, you're also, or maybe, different. You're struggling forgiving someone else. You're struggling forgiving someone else because they don't deserve it. You're struggling to forgive them because of what they've done. You're struggling to forgive them perhaps because of what they've done to you. You're struggling to forgive them because of the severity of what they've done. I mean, it was really bad. And you're, and you're, you're, you're struggling with that, what they've done, the severity of it, and maybe, perhaps, probably, because of what they've done to you or to someone who you love. And you're struggling to forgive them because they don't deserve it. And we need to come up against this right here. Who does deserve it to be forgiven? Who does deserve to be forgiven? Jesus tells a parable, and I'm not going to worry about getting the numbers just, just right. They were exaggerated then, and I'm going to exaggerate them now. But there was someone who owed a debt of 5000 And another man owed the same debtor, let's say, 50000 so the man who owed 5000 came up to the man who owned the debt, and the man with 50000 came up to the man who owned the debt. And they both came up to him at the same time. 
the man who had who owed five thousand, the man who owed fifty thousand, both said, "We don't. I don't have five thousand. I, I don't have fifty fifty thousand. I, I don't. I don't have it." And the debtor frankly forgave them both. It doesn't really matter if you've owe five thousand or fifty thousand. If you don't have anything to pay with, what does the amount matter? But it does to us. We struggle to get over that. The remembrance, the reminder is this. We preach this a lot too. It comes out of Hebrews 2, 9, I think. Jesus tasted death for every man, which is Jesus tasted death for every person. Not just you. Not just Americans. Not the rich. Not the poor. Every. Jesus tasted death for every person. Not the people I like. Not the people, not just the people I like. Not just, you know, there's no distinction. But you're struggling with that. Forgiving someone else for what they've done. But the reminder this morning is Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved and by grace are all of us saved or none of us could be. The Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of what I've done for you and for everyone, every. One. See, we can't, we don't get to, and I know people try to, we don't get to pick and choose. Hebrews 2, 9, for uh, Jesus Christ tasted death for every. See, we don't get to change the word every. We don't get to, to change all the, all the really important big stuff or anything that Scripture says. We don't have the right to change that. So we're struggling with forgiving ourselves and we're struggling with forgiving others who have sinned against us. I'm human. I'm right there with you. But those are the two things the Holy Spirit's dealing with right now. Forgiving yourself, forgiving someone else. Neither of those two people deserve it. That's why salvation is by grace. It's undeserved. All of that's real easy to talk about until we're up against it. Then it's, then it's harder to do. We're going to have our prayer time. I'm going to ask the musicians to come on up. And what we always try to do is spend some time in prayer before we take, take the Lord's Supper, the cup, the juice, and the bread. And what we do during our prayer time is we examine ourselves and we talk to the Lord about what's going on with us. This really isn't the time so much to be all that concerned about other people, what's going on with them. This is the time where we look inside our own self. Okay? This is a time when we examine me. And it gives us a chance to pray. And I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to take this opportunity to pray. Let's don't take the uh, cup and the bread, the juice, 
let's don't take it without praying first. Let's don't take it without examining ourselves first. And let's do this this morning. Let's look at our own selves. And if I need to come and pray, then I need to come and pray. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. Don't wait on anybody else. This is between Jesus and you. So we're going to take this opportunity to examine ourselves, to pray, and then we'll take the Lord's Supper to, together. Stand with me if you would. And if the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and you want to take this opportunity to come to an altar and just talk to Jesus about you, we invite you to come. Come.